Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right. Welcome to another edition of Paranormal Almanac. I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this edition, let's talk about the ladies. Hey, hey ladies in the place, I'm calling out to you. That's right. On this one, we're talking about the ladies. Which ladies? Who ladies? Why ladies? Well, you're just going to have to wait a second, because first is always... We have shout-outs. That's right. We have shout-outs going out to Izzard Breath. I don't know your real name. I got to find that out. Dusty Roger. You remember the other day I was, or the other episode, I was like, Hrogdar, Hagdar, Hrogdar. It's just Roger. I'm not a smart man. It's just fun way of spelling Roger. Michael, Dustin, Matthew, Alicia. Oh, Alicia. Derek, Becca, Josh, Alexis, Jen, Elizabeth, Voidtech, Steve, Sherry, Art Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, Damien, and Daniel. Ian, Eric, Brandon, Jen, Alexandra, Simon, George, Connie, Seth, Christine, Jason, Hayden, Cindy, Kim, Adam, Ashley, Fran, what's that? Ian, Carrie, Ezra, Robin, Will, Jim, Kelly, Lauren, and Phil Mangano, Russell, Tanya, Donald, Chris, Brandon, April, Seth, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, and I, Cindy, Bob, Sean Bishop, Cole, Paula, Alicia, Jerry, Leo, Austin, Lindsay, Han, Jennifer, Megan, Aaron, Amy, Jeff T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, Lauren McCune, hey howdy hi, Lily, Veronica, Nick, Autumn, J Mark, Carolyn, Martin, Darth Pikachu, Jade, Nanashi, Megan, Heidi, Kira, Pablo, Chuck, Laura Rutho, Todd Jamie and Elijah Hendrickson, Juliana, Dan, Dill, Laura Pitts, and Gamer Fan. That's right. Thank you to all the patrons. If you want to join Patreon, go into patreon.com slash paranormal almanac for all your Patreon needs. But just to let you guys know, there was already a companion episode to this episode I'm doing right now that has been given to the patrons. So if you uh, you want to know more about ladies in colors, ghosts, that's where you should head over to. Alrighty, and a special shout out to Joe Teague. Let's head on over to paranormal news. And I don't have anything queued up, so I'm just going to do it off the queue. Alrighty, the first story in paranormal news. Why are people mistaking what is clearly an alien for a ghost in this security cam video? That's the headline. I'm not making that headline up. So, it's a video of something running by. And it's bizarre. I'll give them that. I don't know if it's an alien. I don't know if it's a ghost. I don't really know what it is. But, it's something. So, I'm just going to play you the video First, uh, not that you can see it, but you'll be able to hear the local news station talking about it. It's local news channel WKYC in Ohio. Community pages for Mentor, there have been some spooky videos going around. Surveillance cameras have been catching what looks like a white figure running around at night. You can see it from a couple of different angles in these videos. Now, Mentor police even responded to a call from someone saying they thought they saw something strange. And when the officer showed up, he said he thought he saw a child running, but it looked like they were standing up too straight and moving too fast. And then he got out of the car. He said there was no one there and the dash cam didn't pick anything up either. I don't know, Jay and Betsy, that is a pretty wild video. What do you think? Are you a believer? Why not? Let's That's a person. 
I'm sorry, maybe it's fast person, right? but to me, that looks like a person. It's a little mini Usain Bolt. <laughs> right training, there in Menor. Training for the Olympics. There Obviously you go. At 10 o'clock at night. Fire Institute. Whoosh. Certainly. I, I don't know. That's not going to make me believe in ghosts. I need a lot more proof than that. Sorry. Well, we'll have to see. Sorry. Well, there you go. So they said it could be potentially a ghost. Um, this person that wrote this article says it's obviously an alien sprinting down a neighborhood street around 10.40 p.m. on March 10th. Local police in the town of Mentor arrived near the vicinity of Bellflower Elementary to look into reports of a seven-year-old girl running around the area. The child supposedly matching the description was spotted by one of the cops who added they were surprised by what I saw. The person appeared to be a small child running rather erect and too quickly for a child. In the end, the suspect was never actually located and like you, like you just heard, they, it wasn't even spotted on the cam, on the, uh, the dash cam of the cop car. Now, like I said, I've, I've watched the video a couple of times. I don't know what the hell it is. It does look kind of see-through, but it just might be a crappy security camera. So I'll throw it up onto the Facebook page and the Patreon. And if I don't do it, please remind me to throw it up on both of those because I want to know what you guys think of that one. All righty, up next in Paranormal News. This wooden sculpture is twice as old as Stonehenge and the pyramids. That's right, a new finding about the 12,500-year-old Shigir Idol. Shigir Idol? Sure, why not? They have major implications for the study of prehistory. It's a creepy-looking face masky typey thing, and it's over 12,500 years old. Gold prospectors first discovered the idol at the bottom of a peat bog in Russia's Ural Mountain Range in 1890. The unique object, a nine-foot-tall totem pole composed of ten wooden fragments carved with expressive faces, eyes, and limbs, and decorated with geometric patterns, represents the oldest known surviving work of wooden ritual art in the world. So the reason I'm adding this here, besides the fact it's just, you know, creepy and obviously haunted, that's why they threw it in the bottom of a peat bog, you know, 12,000 years ago, is because... Um, it's actually been brought up on a past episode about possibly cursed objects or possible objects that will rewrite history or talk about extraterrestrials, unknown idols and carvings. Um, it is bizarre looking. It's the, it's not the first time, I, like I said, it's not the first time I've talked about it on the show. And it is really crazy cool to think about 12,500 years ago someone carved this thing when... They shouldn't have been doing anything even remotely this um, ornate. So, very cool. I like that one. All right, let's keep on keeping on. Up next in paranormal news, Roswell's UFO Festival is looking for vendors. This excites me. I want to do this. So, the UFO Festival in Roswell is looking for vendors. Festival organizers say vendors will have the flexibility of selecting which events they would like to participate in. The festival is still in the planning phases, but thousands of visitors are expected to, to attend the annual event. Now, the festival is planned for July 2nd through July 4th, and you can sign up at ufofestival.com. I'm actually going to be reaching out to them to see if it's possible for them to uh, have me there. I'm not, obviously, I don't have the money to pay for a booth or anything like that, but if I could be invited down there as as media or whatever and do an episode from the Roswell Festival, I would love it. Because as you know, I am vaccinated, so yeah, I want to uh, want to start doing stuff again for the show. All righty. This next one on Paranormal News, since it was sent to me a few times, I'm going to talk about it. No, it was not a UFO. All right, technically for a short amount of time, it was technically a UFO, but not a 
flying saucer. I'll put it that way. Uh, last Thursday, the 25th, I think it was, there was some streaks of light throughout the sky in the northwest, Pacific Northwest. Even people in California saw it, and everybody was freaking out because it does look like, you know, end of days kind of stuff, a bunch of stuff raining down. It actually looks a lot like when, um, what was it, the Space Shuttle Columbia, when that broke apart on reentry? It looks a lot like that, and for very good reason. What it turned out to be was debris from part of a Falcon 9 rocket that burned up in the atmosphere. So, yeah, again, technically for a short amount of time, it was a UFO. People didn't know what they were looking at, but it was not aliens or anything extraterrestrial. So thank you, though, for anybody that everybody that sent me that. Thank you. Please continue to send me some paranormal news stuff. I love, in case I missed it, I love finding out about other paranormal news stories, but this one, this one was not. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, the Western North Carolina Bigfoot Festival is coming back for 2021. After a hiatus in 2020, the WNC Bigfoot Festival will come roaring back this September to downtown Marion, North Carolina. So if you're in or around Marion, North Carolina, please go to this. If they've got shirts, please message me. I'll send you some money for a shirt because I think it'd be cool. Uh, it was held in 2018 and 2019. The celebration of Bigfoot has become Marion's biggest event and draws tens of thousands of people to the downtown. They come from all over the United States and some foreign countries for the event. The WNC Bigfoot Festival has also been featured on national news media's blah, blah, blah. But because of COVID, it was shut down last year, but not this year. It'll be held Friday, September 17th and Saturday, September 18th. So anybody connected to this festival, if you're listening to this podcast, again, fly me out there. I would love to do a live remote from the Bigfoot Festival. I think it'd be awesome. As you guys know, don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. It's right there. I mean, I talk about it all the time. So, yeah, I think it'd be very, very cool. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. This might be another one that might be... No, it's not. So, this big UFO report that I've been talking about for a while in the live shows, on these shows, I've been talking about it for a while. Well, not surprisingly... The news story says UFO report might miss deadline, Senator Rubio says. That's right. One day after talking to a TMZ reporter about UFOs and the highly anticipated UAP report that is supposed to be submitted by the U.S. Intelligence Agency by June 1st, well, Mark Rubio says he's not entirely sure they're going to come in on time, which bums me out because I want this damn report. I want this report. This report has been hinted about and teased about for so long I thought it was actually coming in prior to June 1st. I didn't think it was June, so that's even farther out than I thought it was. But now they're saying it's probably going to be late, which means they're trying to figure out how to redact even more stuff from it, unfortunately. All righty, up next in paranormal news, Mainer's frightening encounters with Bigfoot highlighted in new book and film. This one comes out of Portland, Maine. It was a perfect day for fishing, uh... They're going for trout fishing, blah, blah, blah. Let's see, Green Pond in Morrow Plantation. Jeff Kane was there around 7 p.m. He said he heard a deep, angry, resonant roar explode across the river, across the water. The sudden blast let Kane, left Kane frozen in fear, and he said that he paddled for the shores as quickly as he could, ran uphill onto his truck, and tore off down the dirt access road, still wearing his waders. He said, I freaked the hell out. I've never heard any animal sound like that before. No human could ever replicate what I heard that evening. That was May 2007. He says he's not been back since. 
This frightening encounter is one of many chronicled in two new projects exploring the enduring legend of Bigfoot in the Pine Tree State. Author Michelle Soulier's book, Bigfoot in Maine, is due out in May, and I'm going to try and reach out to her, see if she can come on the show. And there's also a documentary called Eyes from the Pines, The Pineape Project. It's slated for release this summer. Both the book and the film talk about the lengthy history of local Bigfoot tales from traditional Native American all the way up to contemporary run-ins like that one. So, again, the, uh, the book is called Bigfoot in Maine, and then the movie or documentary is going to be called Eyes from the Pines, The Pine Ape Project. And I can't wait to see them both. Obviously, read one and watch the other. All righty, finally, in paranormal news. This is a last-minute addition to Paranormal News. I threw this on after I had the episode edited because I wanted to get this out as quick as possible. A fifth sighting of Loch Ness Monster, not a monster, so far in 2021. That's right, another sighting of Nessie. The fifth one in 2021. Uh, Let's see, another Nessie sighting has been recorded on the official Loch Ness Monster sightings register. It brings the number so far to five this year alone. The latest sighting was spotted by Kaylin Wangle, who caught another glimpse of something unknown at the lock while watching a webcam of the lock. I've said it before. I'll say it every time. You could be watching, you could be looking for Nessie instead of doing whatever the hell it is you're doing right now. And you should be. But on March 17th at 16.15 p.m., a very large dark shape appears to be swimming from left to right at the very front of the shore. It seems to be making a wave for a bit and either surfaces for a second or is just under the surface. At 16.17, it goes behind the tree on the right and doesn't pop back up. So there we go. Another final, not a final, another spotting of Nessie in 2021. It's been a busy, busy year for Nessie. Alrighty, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Ladies in Colors Ghosts. We are back. Now, in this edition, let's talk about, let's do an all-ladies episode of Paranormal Almanac. Let's talk about the ladies of every color ghost. And there are a bunch of them. There are a variety. There's a rainbow of lady ghosts out there that you guys have to hear about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sure you remember, I've talked about, like, the ladies in white before. They're just ghosts of ladies, and they're seen in white dresses. So they're called the ladies in white. Well, guess what? There's also ladies in red. Like I said, that's a companion episode that's out now already on the Patreon. Um, Ladies in gray, green, you name it. You name the color. Like I said, it's a whole taste the rainbow of lady ghosts in this episode. Now, it seems mostly are out for revenge, but I don't think that is true. But all these, all the websites I go to, they say, and these ghosts are out for revenge. I don't really find that to be the case, but I'll leave it up to you to decide if you think these lady ghosts are out for revenge or not. Okay, let's start with the ladies in black first. And like all ladies in colored dresses, they seem to have their own mood depending on the color. For example, a lot of sites online say that the lady in black is more like a banshee or was wronged by a cheating man. Again, it's up for you to decide if that's the case. Again, I don't really think that's the case, but you tell me. But all these tales are from around the world. Like I said on the uh, Ladies in White, like I said in the patron episode Ladies in Red, 
no matter where you look around this world, you will find a ladies in black story or legend or tale or sightings. They're just around the earth. It's crazy to me how many of these stories are out there. So these are just a couple of tales of each lady, but trust me, there are a bunch more. All right, the first legend of a lady in black is a quick one. So I'm going to add it here right at the beginning, get it out of the way. This one takes place in Roanoke, Virginia in 1902. Uh, these men who were hung out at their local, who hung out, I'm sorry, men who hung out at their local club. They weren't hanged at their local club. Men who hung out at their local clubs instead of, you know, heading home to their wives or after work, they'll go to the local club instead of heading home. Well, the legend says that these kinds of men who weren't exactly unfaithful, but weren't faithful enough to go home when they should be going home and spending time with their family, well, on their way home from the local club, they would run, run across the lady in black who would hit, pummel, or knock a man down to the ground, or, quote, slap him to the earth with a swish of her phantom garments. That's only the first time she caught him. If she caught the same guy doing that again, instead of going home after work, he wanted to go to his bar or club and hang out with his buddies, well, she caught him the second time, the lady in black ghost would just kill him. Now, of course, I can't find any newspaper articles of anyone dying from a lady in black ghost, but, you know, it's still, it's a great legend to keep men faithful and at home, which... Let's sideline for a quick second. That just goes to show you something. There is no man in red ghost who has to make sure women don't cheat on their husbands because, well, women are better than men and don't need a ghost story to keep them from cheating or not going home after work. It's always a vengeful lady spirit who's like, you know, kicking ass about telling men to, you know, they should do what they should be doing anyway. But anyhow, all right, on to the very first real lady ghost story for this episode, like more in-depth one, if you will. Now, this black lady of Bradley Woods is what she's called. She's a lady in black ghost in Lincolnshire, England. Now, eyewitnesses describe her as being a young and pretty ghost woman. She's around five foot six tall, dressed in a flowing black cloak and a black hood that covers her hair, but you can still see her tear-stained face. Now, this ghost, she doesn't hit men or kill them. She just seems to appear, again, all tear-stained, and honestly doesn't do much of anything, really. But again, this lady in black ghost was used as a threat to kids in the early 1900s to get to bed on time, or the lady in black will get ya. Now, like I said, she's seen to this day in Bradley Woods in Lincolnshire, England. Sure, in Lincolnshire, I think it's Shire. Lincolnshire, England, she's still seen to this day. People see her walking through the woods, sometimes very far away, sometimes up close where they can actually see her tear-stained face, and she appears to be a real woman. She's not like a see-through ghost. She just appears to be a woman in all black in a time period black dress with a black cloak and black hood and everything like that. But they, they said, oh, I thought it was just a real woman until, you know, they turn around to look back at her and she's disappeared or they'll watch her for a minute. She'll go behind a tree and never come back out the other side. So this one, she appears to be a real woman, but no, no, 
She is the Black Lady of Bradley Woods. All right, the next Lady in Black ghost is Fort Warren in Boston. And this one has a name. Her name was, is, whatever you want to say, Melanie Lanier. Now, her husband was a Confederate soldier, and he was imprisoned um, at Fort Warren for siding with the other side during the Civil War. So legend says she found out where they were keeping him, and with help of a spy, she made her way to the island in a little boat, and she stayed in a house in secret for days just outside the fort on the island, trying to figure out how to get her husband out of this uh, prison. So now you have to remember, they didn't have any Sean Connery or Nicolas Cage back then, so she had to make up this as she went along, and you're going to see why I say that in a second. All right, so she's on the island. She's staying in secret in this house for days, trying to figure out how she's going to get him out of Fort Warren. Somehow, she got word to her husband of a plan to get him, and this was her plan. She would signal him on a dark night, and he would whistle back to let her know it was safe for her to get into the prison. Yep, not get him out, but get her in. So, she dresses like a guy. She signals him. He whistles back. They use a pulley to pull her up over the wall, and now she's in prison. Yeah. So now that she's in prison, the two of them and other prisoners say, all right, here's the plan. We're going to tunnel their way out. Again, this is not a great plan. So, of course, the guards heard them tunneling out, and when they cornered her and her husband, she pulls a gun. The guard grabs at her, and a shot is fired. Did she kill the guard and escape? Nope. She accidentally shot her husband, who at this time must have been really glad about, you know, being killed because of the whole death do us part bit. Because, again, this is the most bungled prison break ever. So he's dead. She's caught. They go to hang her. And she says, look, I don't want to be hanged in men's clothing. Because, again, she, you know, disguised herself as a man so she could be in the prison. So she asked for women's clothing. So they go, yeah, okay, fine. Well, let's get her something. Again, I don't think it's high up priority. Um, if you're about to be hanged, what you're wearing doesn't really matter, unless you're going to become a ghost. If you're planning on becoming a ghost, then yeah, I mean, she she was smart this way. But so they get her, yep, oh, you guessed it, black dress. They hang her. She's dead. And her ghost continues to bumble around that island to this day in the black dress. Now, look, I don't like labeling ghosts as stupid, but come on, lady, that was your plan? If you hand me a gun and say I have to break someone out of prison, my plan is to not get smuggled into that prison, then not use that gun to try and get out of the prison. Instead, let's try and tunnel our way out. You know, I'm, yeah, she's still seen walking all over the island up on the arches of the prison. If you see her, just keep walking because I'm sure she'll bungle up something around you and you'll end up shot or killed. So I know it's early on in this episode, but worst ghost of this edition goes to her. That's right, Melanie Lanier, you have won the worst lady in black ghost for this edition. All righty, the next lady in black ghost is a ghost story that's in the news. Now, it's old news. It's from 2011, but news nonetheless. So I figured, let's, uh, let's go right to the news story, shall we? Black ghost hounds people in Dalaguete, Philippines. And I'm sure that's not how you say Dalaguete. 
The appearance of a black lady to a 10-year-old pupil in the middle of her discussion prompted grade 4 teacher Zita Hayo of Dalaguete Elementary School to suspend her class yesterday. The pupils in the class 4 uh, were terrified when one of their female classmates suddenly burst into tears out of fear. The pupil told her teacher that she's seeing a black lady in the classroom. She described it as being black-eyed with blood dripping from her mouth. Now, she said she first noticed the unusual behavior of the, pup of the pupil last Monday. According to her, she was having her class discussion in the morning when this student suddenly cried out for no reason. When she asked the, you know, the kid, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? The kid said that a black lady appeared before her. Uh, of course, the teacher referred the student to the principal. They then referred the child to a healing minister who performed a prayer over the child. They also called the child's parents who were brought to the, to the district hospital. Upon examination, the doctors didn't find any disease or reason for the occurrence. However, this same incident occurred yesterday morning, prompting the principal to investigate the child again. She said the kid's not insane. She was just doing, her, she was just doing well in her class. They said that the, uh, the kid told her that the black lady first appeared in her dreams and introduced herself as Nunita Cabal. N-U-N-I-T-A-C-A-B-A-L. Now, Nanita Cabal allegedly told the child that she had died a long time ago and she needs prayers. The black lady asked the child to offer prayers for her because she has no family to pray for her. The uh, kid was allegedly instructed to offer five masses for her within five Sundays. Upon hearing the child's story, they said they immediately asked her staff to offer a prayer for the soul of the black lady. However... The kid screamed and went wild because she is allegedly seeing different faces telling her that Cabal is not worthy of prayers. So they sent the kid to the Santo Rosario Parish in Cebu City for spiritual healing, and there's no updates. That's the last we heard. So this poor kid's seeing this lady in black who says, hey, I need a bunch of prayers. Then she starts seeing all these other faces going, fuck that lady, she doesn't need prayers. So... I feel really bad for the kid, but I feel even worse for us because there's no other updates. All righty, let's move off the ladies in black and move on over to the ladies in brown. And it turns out I already told this first story a while ago on this podcast, but screw it. Here it is again, a truncated version of that tale. She's known as the brown lady of Raymond Hall, Raynham Hall. Uh, Raynham Hall is in Norfolk, uh, England. Now, the first sighting of the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall that I can find was in 1835 when two guests at a Christmas party there see a lady gliding along a corridor in a brown dress, and then shortly after, a guy shot at the ghost. If you want to know why, you're going to have to find that old episode. But his bullet passes right through the ghost. It's still lodged in one of the doors to this day. When he approached the ghost in the hall, she turns towards him. Her face glowed. He said she had no eyes. Only empty eye sockets. So the brown lady of Raynham Hall was said to even have scared King George IV. He saw her while he was staying there, and she was just standing beside the bed. As he watched her, she vanished. Then, this is the big one. In 1936, the final sighting of the brown lady was when a photographer and his assistant went to the house to photograph it for a magazine. Now they're walking all around, shooting various locations, they go to shoot the grand staircase, and in the first photo, the photographer notices 
a mist, if you will, descending the stairs. Now it seemed to be in a shape, so he takes another photo. And sure enough, it really does look like, it almost looks to me like if you had a Virgin Mary statue and you took a photo of that and then you took a photo of the stairs and you superimposed the photos, that's what it really looks like. But it does look like a woman descending stairs. I don't think it's pareidolia. I mean, I guess it kind of is because I don't know if that's what it is. But a very interesting photo nonetheless. Now, this lady in brown has a name as well. They think her name is Dorothy Walpole, who is the second wife of Charles Townsend of that hall. Now, she died of smallpox and was buried in the family crypt of the church just across from the Raynham Parkland. So again, a very interesting one. Now, there is, for you skeptics, there is some debate on if this is a genuine ghost photo. Some people think that the photographer was really trying to, like, cash in, so we faked it because he had heard about the story about the brown lady of Raynham Hall. I don't find any proof of that. Uh, some people think he superimposed it. Some people think it was just a reflection. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I can't find any serious debunk that I go, oh, okay, yeah, that explains this photo. So I'm going to say it is a disputed ghost photo, but a good one nonetheless. All righty, the next brown lady is from Chowan University in North Carolina, Chowan University in North Carolina. Now, she's been seen there since it was known as Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro uh, University, again, in North Carolina, and her origin story has a few different variations, like she was enrolled at a tiny Baptist college during the Civil War when her betrothed does two unthinkable things. One, he fights for the Yankees. Two, he dies on the battlefield. The second one is really his fault, in my opinion, but uh, isn't his fault. I mean, he died on a battlefield. That's not his fault. Can't say that uh, he did two unthinkable things. Sure, one, he fought for the other side, but two, he just died on a freaking, you know, war. That's what happens. But legend says that she uh, she hears about her husband dying, finds out he fought for the other side, um, hears about him dying, and so she jumps from the roof of the dormitory and obviously dies. Legend two. The brown lady was from an aristocratic family in No. The brown lady was from an aristocratic aristocratic farm family in Northampton County, and on a summer's holiday in New York, she accepts the wedding proposal of a young lawyer on a single condition. First, she must finish her college degree. Second, no idea, it just says it like that, but before the sophomore year is over, she dies of ty- of typhoid fever. They think the brown lady at Chowan or Chowan University might be Eileen Davidson, or she might just be a woman known as Julia. All right, so as you can tell from that, nobody knows who the hell this person is. Nobody has any clue, and I don't believe either one of these stories. It just seems like a good legend tale to tell. Um, I can't find any proof of any of that, other than the fact that a brown lady ghost is seen at this university. Um, she's seen, or more often heard, in the halls of the school, but the school really leans into it. I mean, they really love the fact that they have their own personal ghost lady. Lady in brown, whatever you want to call it. In the 1950s and 60s, freshmen were blindfolded and taken into the woods or a nearby cemetery where they met the brown lady in person or were told to roll upon her grave. 
Actually, they were taken to the science building. This is according to the 1959 edition of the Chowinian. They uh, Then they shook hands with the brown lady. Upon touching her hand, they felt something cold and sticky. This was ketchup. Then they had to remove their shoes and step into several holes containing eggshells, ice, crushed bananas, and mud. The uh, little edition magazine, whatever your newspaper, said there were quite a few screams. After the ordeal, everyone goes back to the dorm where refreshments were served. Now, the school's magazine is titled The Brown Lady, and each year, a representative from the Honors College dresses in brown lady garb for Halloween, and they even hold a yearly brown lady event there. So, if you're listening to this, if you go to that school, or if you're nearby that school, go to the yearly brown lady event and, um, I don't know, step in crushed bananas, I guess. All righty, let's move off the brown lady over to the blue lady. Now, normally, I would scour the internet for all of the stories I can find that pertain to this this blue lady. Then I would figure out which ones just utter BS, get rid of that crap, figure out which ones I can debunk because the information, you know, isn't the same on every site. Basically, what I'm saying is I do a lot of research on these stories. But thankfully, this blue lady... Well, she's seen at the Moss Beach Distillery, and they have a fantastic website with all of the info on their very own Blue Lady Ghost. So I'm about to do something I never thought I would do. I'm just going to read to you straight from their website. Now, they obviously know what they're talking about since it's their ghost at their distillery. So here you go, direct from them. By the way, before I read that article, I have to say, I really, really want to visit this location. I mean, if you're listening and you know someone that works at it or you are the Moss Beach Distillery owner or whatever, please let me do an episode from here. I think it's a very cool ghost story, very neat website. I really liked it. All righty, direct from the Moss Beach Distillery website. Historical landmark, home to the Blue Lady Ghost. A designated California point of historical interest, the restaurant's history includes a popular speakeasy and a famous ghost. That's because during Prohibition, the San Mateo County uh, coast was an ideal spot for rum running, bootleggers, and speakeasy establishments, which sold illegal booze to thirsty clients. And if you guys watch the live episodes, you will know that that is my drink of choice, is rum. So again, even more reason I want to go to here, but... One of the most successful speakeasies was Frank's Place on the cliff at Moss Beach. Built by Frank Torres in 1927, it became a popular night spot for silent film stars and politicians from the city. Uh, mystery writer Dashiell Hammett uh, frequented the place, used it for a setting for one of his detective stories. The restaurant, located on the cliff above a secluded beach, was a perfect location to benefit from the activities of rum runners. Let's continue on. Here we go. The distillery also retains one of Frank's former customers as well. It's resident ghost, the Blue Lady. Now, she still haunts the premises, trying to recapture the romance and excitement of Frank's speakeasy years. Okay, Frank, calm down. Now, the story of the Blue Lady was documented by the TV program Unsolved Mysteries, and uh, you can maybe you'll see her when you visit. It's, uh, let's see... Some 72 years ago, a beautiful young woman met by chance a handsome, dangerous man and fell in love with him. 
The sophisticated ladies' man was, some say, a piano player in the bar. The naive young woman, always dressed in blue, was already married to another, but her unsuspecting husband never knew of the illicit affair. She made many trips to the restaurant to be with her lover. The beautiful lady in blue was reportedly killed while walking on the beach below the restaurant with her lover. He was assaulted but survived. It is here at the distillery you will find her searching for her lover. Now, there's been many strange events have been documented there since that time, but cannot be explained, such as mysterious phone calls from no one, levitating checkbooks, locked rooms from inside without any other means of entry, women diners losing one earring, and then several of these are found in one place weeks later, date tampering with the computers, and more importantly to me anyway, sightings of the blue lady ghost by small children. The uh, website goes on to say we are glad she's not destructive with her pranks and continues to hear of new events that cannot be explained. Come visit us for Ocean View Dining and try to catch a glimpse of the blue lady. Yes, I would. I would like to do that. Please, please let me go up there and uh, drink some rum, look for a ghost, and watch the ocean. That sounds flippin' amazing. All righty, let's leave the uh, blue lady. Let's go on, go on over to the pink lady. This is a very short one. The pink lady is a ghost who visits the Grove Park Inn in Asheville. Um, they think they know who she was. Because during the 1920s, there was a woman who was a guest of room 545 that was dressed in a long pink flowing gown. And the woman fell to her death over the stone wall from the second floor. Now, they said, you know, obviously they found her body. She's been buried someplace else. But the pink lady ghost is still seen in and around room 545. And they think it's her, which, you know, I would say that's a pretty good guess. If you know for a fact that in the 1920s she was wearing a long pink flowing gown and then you start seeing a ghost um, and then she died right there, then you start seeing a ghost in a long pink flowing gown. Yeah, I'm going to say that's her. All righty, let's move on to the Gray Lady Ghost. Now, for this one, let's head over to Willard Library in Evansville, Indiana. The first sightings of the Gray Lady Ghost was in the late 1930s by the custodian, but has been seen numerous times since. Um, the Gray Lady Ghost was reportedly sighted on August 10th in 2010 in the basement hallway by the assistant children's librarian. Psychics, who actually visited the library in 2007, Say they were able to verify that a ghost had been there, and paranormal investigators said that um, we've spotted it or things have popped up on our paranormal investigative equipment that we can't explain. Some library employees have reported seeing the ghost, including, um, oh, they name a few of them, it doesn't really matter, including quite a few of the, the librarians that work there. In fact, during a visit to the library, lecturers from the University of Southern Indiana said, um, yeah, they saw the ghost peering into water nearby the library. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. It's the first and only time they've ever seen a ghost. Policemen responding to a security alarm at the library spotted two ghosts in an upstairs window of the library. It doesn't say if they were both wearing long gray dresses, but they spotted two ghosts. And then a person that was visiting the library reported an encounter with the gray lady in the elevator and... A local weathercaster also reported an encounter with the gray lady there as well. So, again, if you're near Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North Carolina, um, there you go. 
or not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's uh, Willard Library. If you're in the Willard Library in Evansville, Indiana, sorry about that. If you're near the Willard Library in Evansville, Indiana, there you go. That's where you should check it out. Okay, the next gray lady is a legend from Liverpool, England. Big grain of salt on this one. This gray lady ghost was Mary Norris, who was so unhappy in her marriage that she held her son, Topham, Topham, I don't know, and leapt from the castle into the moat, killing them both. The reason they think it's her is that to this day, a lady in gray ghost is seen rocking a child's cradle in the tapestry room of Speak Hall, and they went, yep, that's her. So if you're in Liverpool, England, and you go to Speak Hall, and if you go into the tapestry room, you might just see Mary. All righty, the next lady in gray. Okay, Stitch, it's fine. The next lady in gray died in a shipwreck near Chambercombe Manor in the north in North Devon in the 17th century. Big legend time, big grain of salt time. Legend says Alexander and William Oatway were a father and son team of dickheads, really, who used a lantern on stormy nights to lure ships to the coast. That's right, to lure ships to the coast, not away. They would actually cause the ships to crash on the rocks so they could loot the wreckage. So years go by of them doing this, and, you know, young William grows up and he marries. And while his wife, Kate, was away on a trip, he says, hey, Dad, let's wreck another ship. So they do that. They do the whole lanterns thing, get ships to crash into the rocks. The ship wrecks on the rocks. Stuff starts washing ashore, including a passenger so badly deformed by the rocks, she was unrecognizable but alive. And Kurt here, let me pause and say, if you can't guess who she is by now, boy, are you in for a surprise. So they take messed up lady face to the house, but she dies later that night. So they go, well, fuck it. And they loot her jewelry and take her money belt. Two days later, the Admiralty comes to the house with a note stating that Kate was aboard a ship that ran aground and was missing at sea, presumed dead. So Alexander and William freak out and go, ah, shit, we killed Kate. Let's wall her body up in the house. Cut to a century later, the secret room was discovered by accident. Supposedly that is true. They found this room, and in this secret walled-off room was a skeleton lying on a bed. Now, the bones were buried in a pauper's grave, but Kate's ghost is still seen there to this day. Probably incredibly pissed off. I, kind, I call all kinds of bullshit on that legend, but there it is nonetheless. Alrighty, a few miles from Speak Hall, about seven miles, is um, Rufford Old Hall. It's a 15th century manor house who has a gray lady ghost who supposedly died from despair. The legend says that shortly after their wedding, her husband left for war. And um, he was supposed to return, didn't, supposed to return, didn't, supposed to return, didn't. And she started to, like, you know, fade away. She just sat there forlorn. Her husband was obviously killed in war. They just didn't have his body. They couldn't tell her that he had died. So her dying wish was for her spirit to remain in the house to wait for her husband. And um, 
That is the Rufford Old Hall or Samlesbury Hall ghost, Lady in Grey ghost. She's still seen there to this day. They say that she just wanders around the hall all, you know, bummed out, if you will. That's the worst dying wish. Your dying wish is, hey, look, I want to die, but I'm not going anywhere. I want my ghost to stay here forever until he comes home. That's a shitty final wish. Um, Let's see. The next Lady in Grey is another older news story, so I'm going to read it directly from the news story. There's lots of news stories in this episode. I like it. Is the spooky apparition of a Grey Lady of Hampton Court? Schoolgirl claims to have captured ghost of servant who died of smallpox after nursing. Oh, hold on a second. Come on, website. There we go. All right, Dame Sybil Penn died of smallpox in Hampton Court Palace in 1562. Now, her ghost was seen by the Victorians when her tomb was moved in 1829. They think moving her tomb is what sparked her ghost. The palace is also haunted by Catherine Howard, Henry the Henry VIII's fifth wife. Henry VIII's fifth wife. That's hard to say. Now, she was dragged to her death throughout the palace, accused of adultery. Now, two schoolgirls noticed the strange apparition on a visit to the palace. The story says for nearly 200 years, she is rumored to have haunted the corridors of Hampton Court. But now, the ghost of famous Grey Lady may finally have been captured on camera by a schoolgirl and her iPhone. And I got to say, if, and that's a big if, if this photo is real, it is the best ghost photo I have ever seen in my life. Holly Hampshire, 12, thought she was taking a fairly routine photo of her cousin, Brooke McGee, also 12, during a day out in the 16th century stately home. So they show the photo. It's this girl. She's walking away. There's like red ropes. Oh, wow, the ghost is even on the wrong side of the red ropes. Dun, dun, dun. But she's walking away. Um, there's a fireplace to the right. She's walking like towards an open door, if you will. And right behind her, it, again, is the best ghost photo I've ever seen in my life. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Um, so they take a photo, and the girl goes, oh, my God, there's a ghost behind you. So the 12-year-old turns around. No ghost. Um. I don't know what to say about this ghost, really. I don't know what to say about the ghost. The girls didn't realize what they had encountered at the time and only made the, dis- the terrifying discovery when they looked through their photos a day later. Why did she turn around and say there's a ghost then? Whatever. Miss McGee says, I was totally freaked out. I didn't see anything. People say the room goes cold when ghosts appear, but we had no idea. We haven't slept properly since. Um. It's just so... So well done that I don't buy it. I mean, it looks like a one of those place a ghost in a photo um, app that you can get for your phone. That's how good this ghost looks. Uh, let's see. They go on to say that sightings of her ghost started reported in 1829 when, uh, when her tomb was moved. Soon after, strange noises of a person working a spinning wheel were apparently heard at the uh, through a wall at Hampton Court. They led to the discovery of a previously unknown chamber containing an antique spinning wheel. Okay, that's cool. Hampton Court, home to Henry the Henry the Eighth, was long been famed for its ghosts. Um, I've already told you about his wife ghost. I don't care about that anymore. But yeah, it's a very very cool photo. Once again, I'll throw it up onto the Facebook, and if hopefully I can remember, I'll throw it up onto the uh, the patron page as well. But it just looks too good. It is too 
Ghostbuster library ghost good. I mean, she's not glowing like that, but you know, you'll you'll know what I mean when I when you see it. All righty, let's move on to the last color for the episode. And I'm only going to do one of this because I'm already at almost an hour here where I kind of want to end for this episode. This one is the Green Lady of Carefilly Castle. Now, legends say, and I'm sure I didn't say that castle name right. I apologize. C-A-E-R, Philly. I don't know. Legends say that the Green Lady was a very abnormal-looking French old woman named Alice who apparently died after after her lover was executed. How'd she die? They don't say. But let's assume it was suicide or loneliness or some other blah kind of legendy bullshit. But she's been seen many times by a lot of people to this day all over the castle. And people even report smelling her lavender perfume in rooms where no one has been for a very long time. Now, I assume that they've looked for air fresheners and stuff like that. But they're saying there's nothing, no reason for it. And it is a very strong scent. I also checked, and apparently they do not grow lavender outside the castle because I was like, oh, it's just blowing in through some hole in a castle wall. I mean, the gap in a window or something. It's a castle. They're drafty. But no, apparently there's no lavender growing outside the castle. And that does it for this episode. That's right. There are actually a ton of Green Lady ghosts, and I mean a ton. So patrons, don't be surprised if you get another companion episode somewhere down the line to this episode and it's a lady in green episode but for you all the regular fun supportive listeners that i love so much that about does it for the ladies in color ghost episode so normally i have a question this time i don't have a question i have a suggestion ladies listening to this episode right now Make sure you pick out your colored dress you wish to haunt people in for the rest of eternity because, and, and you know, do a unique color because these have already been taken, but do a good color so people go, oh, I know exactly who that ghost is. That's her. She died of loneliness. And please don't die of loneliness. That's a shitty way to die. You know, die of something cool. Don't die of loneliness. But um, but again, pick out your, your dress color because you're stuck in it for eternity. So if you pick a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something bizarre that you could be. If you pick a Kermit and the Frog onesie as your death dress, then you're going to be known as the Kermit the Frog onesie ghost forever, which isn't bad. I actually kind of would dig, I would like to report on that one. But, you know, like all I'm saying is don't pick a weird uh bridesmaid dress that's just, you know, a hideous dress because people are going to make fun of you forever. Look, I just read you a story about an old French woman who was abnormal looking named Alice. That's mean. Why would that's how you're going to describe her as an abnormal looking French old woman? Come on, don't be mean to ghosts. Don't ghost shame is all I'm saying. All righty, that about does it for this episode. Once again, I am your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal. Oh, don't mess it. I'm trying to do my outro. Once again, I'm your I'm your host, Kurt Sanving, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac.